1: This is the pro welcome America welcome Report welcome Ed Martin the, the pro America San Diego. Report,
2: and uh hope you're heading into the Christmas weekend uh with all the things you need. Well, maybe not all the things. Well, all the things you need, not all the things you want. Uh I was trying to explain to my kids you don't get everything you want from Santa or just because you made a list. Uh but uh, we'll see. I'm not sure they're quite understanding that. Uh but there you have it. My kids range in age from 10 up until 18. I think sometimes the 18-year-old is harder to uh get things through too but there you have it happy christmas i hope people are uh, getting ready and uh, especially though there's lots of folks that are traveling uh that are away from each other and that's always a sadness i remember well in my um in my 20s especially a couple different times where i didn't end up home with my parents and my Brother was in the Marine Corps at the time, a couple of years that he was stationed overseas in the wars and uh, just, you know, always, uh, always a challenge. So uh, those folks that are missing others and, and maybe even more, uh, m- a lot more profoundly, some people that lost a loved one this year uh, that won't be with them. Uh, we're thoughts and prayers. And I remind you, you know, if you ever want to participate, we have a wonderful prayer community that every uh, Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time, it's called the Phyllis Schlafly Prayer for America. Very informal, uh, just gathering of folks who get on, and uh, often we'll have a prayer leader who will lead with Scripture and then say some prayers, and we take requests. So you can always email me a request at phyllischlafly.com, at com. Please follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin and over on other social media. Ed Martin is the handle. All right. Today, what you need to know, I, I alluded to this yesterday, but I want to come back around to it. I want to come back around to the idea um, that the Democrats in the Ways and Means Committee in the U.S. House uh, voted on Tuesday to release Donald Trump's tax returns. And in anticipation of the release of the tax returns, which didn't happen at the same moment, they put out a bunch of statements, qualifying statements, about how important it was and about how they were worried the IRS hadn't done the right kinds of audits and all these kinds of things. And what was missing in the conversation uh, and the coverage was something done wrong. In other words, you know, if Donald Trump had uh, done something illegal, done something wrong, they would have made it uh, a bigger part of all the releases right they would have you know about two months ago after a long protracted battle uh, uh, in the court system uh, president trump lost that battle at the u.s supreme court for those that say he wins everything he's got the supreme court in his pocket he lost this one he didn't want to release his tax returns he didn't think it was appropriate he thought it was a political hit job and he lost about two months ago maybe seven or eight weeks ago and when he lost the, the documents, which they already had, by the way, the, these documents, uh, the tax returns of Donald Trump have been in the hands of the Congress and others, but they've been forbidden to release them. So the, the, what, they, what he lost was the right to keep them private. So the folks had these. And my point here is in a world where everything else that is uh, done by Trump is leaked and talked about, no one's leaked and talked about the fact that he did something wrong. And so what do we have here? Well, what we have, and what you need to know, is it's a political hit job, but it's the modern Democrat political hit job, meaning there is no there there, but the process will be used to feed the messaging of the narrative machine in such a way to damage Trump, to increase uh, dislike or distrust of him, and it's completely unfair. So I I think what we now have seen, and late on Tuesday night, about 9 o'clock at night, which is a dead time anyway, there was a release of a description of the fact that Donald Trump did not pay taxes or paid a few hundred dollars in a couple of years, I don't know, 2015 or 16. And the reason why is, of course, because he lost lots of money on other things. You know, if, you, if you're like me... And you have a bunch of kids. You you, you give a lot of money to uh, 529 programs to try to save money for your kids' college, and you get a sales, uh, you get a state tax deduction on that. So you get four thousand dollars for your son for his college down the line. You get a tax deduction in in uh, Missouri. It's about five percent. In Virginia, it was five point seven five percent state tax income tax deduction. You can take the four thousand dollars off. That's the kind of thing I do. I, my wife and I don't have a lot of money in the way that somebody like Trump does. Trump has, over the course of his career, amassed hundreds of millions of dollars in personal income. He's got assets that he owns that are bigger, I I assume, and don't know, but I don't. But my point is, he's got a team of people whose job it is to say, "Hey, in in 2015, your XYZ companies lost a lot of money." And that was your income that went down and, and business expenses and losses and, and, and stock losses. And we're going to set that off against your tax returns, your income. That's completely legal. In fact, that's kind of a great American tradition. Legally complying with your tax obligation in ways that make sure you don't pay more than you owe. Who would want a president who just pays more than he owes or, or doesn't investigate? what he, Anyway, so my point here, though, back to what you need to know is as we watched as we watched the Democrats run through this kabuki theater yet again where they they leak certain things and they talk about certain things and they allude to certain things. And if you watch the cable news, I think it was Monday afternoon, I put them by chance I put on MSNBC, they were almost gleeful. they were almost gleeful giddy with the idea that there was going to be these things and they were saying how bad it was. And remember, if there's a, a, a hundred thousand people watching MSNBC, and I think I'm being generous in the afternoon, those hundred thousand people are hearing over and over again a message that says there is something there. There's something scary there. There's something bad there. The, uh, some percentage go away and never hear another message that contradicts that. In this case, the message was he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. And so when, you know, the other, the other day when I was talking about this uh, with you all, and, and, you know, I was saying, well, this is, a, you know, a, a, a cautionary tale for the fact that we're watching the narrative machine try to tell uh, people what to do. And it may be a race to the bottom, uh, excuse me, telling people what to know and understand. You know, and, and I said this may be a race to the bottom that it, and Kevin Brady, a congressman from Texas who is going to be a, a senior leader, I think, on ways and means himself. He said, you know, this could mean that we release tax returns of everybody else. And people say, oh, wow. and And but here's the trick. The race to the bottom will not hurt all parties equally. If you're in the swamp, if you're of the swamp, if you're tied to the swamp, if you're protected by the swamp, I don't think you're going to get the one-two punch that Donald Trump is getting. In other words, you know what you need to know is it's, again, a targeting of individuals for being on the wrong side of the power balance. It's not about Republican or Democrat. There's plenty of Republicans, I suspect, that have had lots of issues with their taxes, just like there's plenty of Democrats. And I actually don't really judge them. I don't get too exorcised about that. I mean, what about Nancy Pelosi and her hundreds of millions of dollars? I got to think that her and Paul Pelosi do a really good job of structuring how they pay their taxes. I just think that, they're, that first of all, they have the money to do it. You know, it's a little bit like I remember uh, uh, hearing someone who has a patent, uh, a very small an inventor who, who patented uh, a a, a patent, got obtained a patent, and he was just a solo inventor. And he said that he was getting taken to task by a big tech company. And he said they had 200 lawyers on their staff. And then they had three or four big law firms. And he had himself, not a lawyer, and one lawyer. And he said, you know, the the, the cavalry was on the other side of this. Well, that's what happens if you're really rich. You have a cavalry of accountants and lawyers to figure out exactly how to handle this. And people do. Now, you can begrudge that. You can wish it was different. But that's the system, the legal system. But back to my point. What you need to know is the targeting of Trump is, is reminiscent of the targeting of Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and others who disagree with uh, are on the wrong side of the power structure in this country. And if you're on the wrong side, and, you know, I, I'm, I've got some friends of mine that are liberals that have stayed honest and, and intellectually honest. And they say, you're finally catching up to us, Ed. We've seen the power structure against we the people, and we worried about it. Now, a lot of the liberals seem to have moved over and don't, don't care about it because they just are obsessed with Trump. But what you need to know is the system is getting off balance. And if it is not just one off, you know, just Trump, if it's systemic, which it looks like it is. We're entering a different stage, a different phase. And, and part of the problem is it appears to be acceptable to both the media and the, uh, the elites in ways it wasn't before. There were, wa- there used to be lawyers, legal people who were ob- uh, objecting to this kind of conduct on principle, not just on power. And I'll finish just by saying, remember what I've told you. One side believes in Power. The other side believes in ethics and rules. And if you have the power and you don't care about ethics and rules, you're gonna roll over the others. That's what's happening right now. All right, we gotta run. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. welcome back welcome back ed martin here on the pro america report our next guest is ronald kessler he is of course a a best-selling author new york times best-selling author if you go and look though it's like uh it's not it's, it's dozens of books on every topic under the sun um including by the way uh, ron i remembered i looked back that one one of your earliest books was on the life insurance game which uh exposed the insurance industry which is fascinating you need another upgrade on that because it's uh, there's a lot there but he's got a piece over at the washington times uh one of my favorite places to go and the wa- the piece is entitled whitewashing j edgar hoover's legacy so ronald Ke- kessler welcome back how are you hey great to be with you Ed. Uh, it's ronald kessler by the way ronald kessler.com there's two s's in kessler ronald kessler.com you can see all his uh, things there okay so um whitewashing uh j edgar hoover's legacy it I, first thing is it surprising to anyone now at this point it feels like we've been sort of um trained to distrust institutions that distrusting institutions on
3: everything feels right interesting um well the, in this case you know almost everyone has been aware that hoover would use blackmail files to get his way uh and and to keep himself in power he was director of the fbi for almost 50 years wow. um and yet this yale uh history professor beverly gage just came out with a book on hoover that's supposed to be the definitive word and is taken seriously by all the papers new york times washington post um which completely ignores all the evidence and that includes for example in my book in this uh the secrets the fbi on the record interviews with the fbi officials of the time uh describing how hoover would in fact uh collect this derogatory information on senators on presidents uh in order to uh have a hold on them and in order to keep his job so nobody would fire him and he, i even quote the victim of his blackmail attempts uh uh an a uh, aid on the hill to senator carl hayden describing how carthur deloach an fbi official approached him and and hinted that you know he had this uh, information about his affairs when he was married uh, because uh, hoover wanted more money for the fbi building well this particular guy Roy Elson called his bluff and said well I hope you have pictures I want to show it to the senator but you know this is this is on the record and yet uh, this uh, uh, so-called historian ignores all of it and says well it's just a, it was just a, a legend that, that Hoover would do that um, and I, I think above all it, it uh, shows uh, how low our colleges have sunk that they would have someone like that uh, who would totally uh, ignore the facts and then, of course, be taken seriously by the book reviews of the, of the Washington Post, New York Times, uh, calling it a breakthrough. Um, and it, it is important to remember that abuse that he, that who were engaged in. In fact, in in her book, she even uh, excuses uh, uh, Hoover's uh, denunciation of Martin Luther King as the biggest liar in the world. Well, first of all, and, and uh, finds an excuse for for what he said, saying, "Well, fifty uh, percent of Americans in a poll agreed with with Hoover," uh, as if as if that exonerates his his comment. Uh, well, so, and of so, course, so, the so, FBI has no business uh, denouncing anybody.
2: Right. So we're talking with Ronald Kessler, and again, uh, uh dot com is his website, and he's got an incredible book on so many different topics um and uh, uh, um well, uh, before uh, I'll come back to the whitewashing of, of the FBI, but why is this happening? I mean, I just lo- I looked it up before we got on the air. This Beverly Gage is a professor of history and American studies at Yale. She went to Yale undergrad. I think she went to Columbia for a Ph.D. Um, so this is the mainstream. Um, she's not a kid. She looks like she's probably 50. So um, that I'm, I only mean that because, you know, there's a period of time where historians, you know, are, are learning and compiling. And so why is this happening? Happening. I mean, what is the yeah. benefit of? I, because you would think, in a weird way, the feminists—you uh, know—and she looks like she's more leaning feminist on some of her other writings. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not even sure of that. But you'd think the modern sensibility would be to just savage the politically incorrect, um, uh, J. Edgar Hoover, it, yeah. it, it, all, except for being a homosexual, which uh, uh, you know, a closet homosexual, which they probably, you know, would be okay with him on that in a t- certain sense. Although the closet part, they probably thought he wasn't. Outrageous. you would think they would savage him i mean destroy him and say he was the worst ever it, yeah. why is what is your instinct on why this is happening
3: yeah that that is the puzzle because because it doesn't fit in, any, fit any uh known paradigm of of, of what's going on in, in the media and politics today uh you would think that, that a yale professor would atta- would be attacking over 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 his uh, abuses but you know i i think that a she's na- naive and b she doesn't do her research she did uh end note, uh my some my fbi books but i'm sure she never read them and 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 beyond that uh she has to be uh out to lunch just out to lunch and uh you know she spent 10 years on this it's an 800 page book uh it's it's claimed to be uh, the definitive word according to the washington post um and uh they, they uh, there's just no accounting for for how foolish this is.
2: Is there an? Are there? I mean, your book, uh, uh, but are there other um, uh, uh, counter? I mean, yeah. uh, is this is this a defense of the FBI? Is she trying to uh, hold off the idea that a lot of Americans, you know, you do? If, if she's going to rely on polls, go do a poll. And I think I don't know, two thirds of the country would say they don't trust the FBI the way they did. I don't know what what that means, but um, I, it, this is Penguin Random House, by the way. This is not a small publisher. It's not the. It's not even Yale University Press, which would publish its own. Piece. People. This is, you know, supposed to be some and as you point out, everybody's fallen into line to make it a, a bestseller. Um, yeah. is this a protection of the FBI?
3: No, I mean she doesn't seem to have a grasp of, of anything, uh, including uh, the the workings <laughs> of the FBI. But rather, you know, she has these sort of so- sociological musings about about all these issues. Uh, well, you know, it just sort of goes on; it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's it's really hard to describe. Uh, I think she she you know she has this self-importance that she she feels she can uh, uh explain all these things by her strange standards it, it just doesn't fit any any paradigm that we know uh, know of. um but but the fact that that uh, you know the media uh, accepted this as 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 real and and uh, authoritative is is really the shocking thing to me. So uh, now one one more broad we're talking with Ronald
2: Kessler, the noted author, uh, journalist, and uh, and his website ronaldkessler.com dot com has uh, links to his columns. If uh, I was mentioning him on the, on the sidebar, it says articles. You click on that and go down, um, you can see them all and, and lots of uh, lots of writings um, on all sorts of topics. Uh, Ron. Um, is this how history is written? I mean, meaning in thirty years from now, is Yale going to be teaching courses on on G- G-Man? Is that the title of it, G-Man? The, this book, and that's what people are going to remember. I mean, is and and then and then do you ever shake your head and say, I just read a history of. um, I don't know uh, uh, the Gilded Age. That's another one of her areas of uh, expertise, and it's just full of it. I mean, it's it's so off base. I mean, here's one. By the way, here's another. She's she's an expert on ideology and social movements, especially conservatism and radicalism. What are the chances that she's got a real a real view of that? This is on her website, by the way. So, uh, is this how history is written? And and are we at the point where uh, you at least have to start out with an instinct that it's fake history, and then work your way back from there?
3: you know i think it's, it's part of the deterioration of, of oh, colleges I I in see. general and uh, just ratifies my decision to drop out of college um you know <laughs> she even she even ignores the clear evidence that hoover was personally a real racist you know off the record comment remarks uh, which i quoted in my book Hoover told an audience of newspaper ed- editors in 1965 that the quote, colored people are quite ignorant, mostly uneducated, and I doubt if they would seek an education if they had an opportunity. Where was that in her book? Nowhere. Totally ignored. Totally ignored.
2: Hmm. It's um, it's an interesting problem, you know. do uh, Ronald Kessler uh, I digress for a moment. I have had on the program uh, Martin Dugard. You know Martin Dugard, who wrote the sort of killing books, the, the killing Kennedy, killing with with O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly, sure. and he's writing his own books. He's got a series now. On um, one was called Taking Paris, and the next one is Taking Berlin. But the thing about the books, and he and he, he does a lot of research like your books, and looks at a lot of stuff. But he writes very short chapters, and it, I mean like 2000 words or less and he does it. It's intentional. He, we talked about it, but, um, you, you read that you, as you say, the breaking down of the academia into this, uh, you know, failure to be critical, um, I wonder if there is a counter uh, movement, right? Is it a counter movement that is writing, like you do, a, a more uh, popular—I don't know—that's the right word, but you know, histories or or examinations, and and can that be the counterweight? I, I, I don't know. It's a it's it's um, it's frustrating to think of the thousands and thousands of students that will graduate from places like Yale and others who will have been exposed to the authoritative vision of someone
3: like this. Yeah, well, you know, as you know, uh, the woke culture has taken over universities, so so things are even worse than than we're talking about. Because they, instead of talking about real facts and real history, they talk about you know uh, sexual orientation and and God knows when and, and what kind of pronouns to use. So. so th- again I'm, thank god I left college after two years <laughs> I started uh, in the newspaper world and uh, I never looked back yeah
2: well and, and of course I think it did, didn't use your first job uh, wasn't it Worcester the Worcester Telegram right yeah. so that's, uh, that's my old uh, stomping ground so alright Ronald Kessler thank you as always RonaldKessler.com if you go to his website I believe can you sign up I always like when you send these articles out to guys like me to see so can people sign up on your website to get uh,
3: uh, no um well, that's just, I'm just uh, a print. to um, uh, put in touch uh, with me and Okay. All
2: right. Yeah. Well, if they, if they send me an email, I'll forward it on to you. And uh, RonaldKessler.com, very helpful. Thanks, uh, Ron, for the time. Thank you, Ed. All right. We will take a break and I'll put up on social media a bunch of links. Every time I go to his website, uh, I end up um, thinking to myself, I need to read that book that he wrote. And I mentioned The Life Insurance Game, was his one of his earliest books. Uh, but he's also written about the inside of the, uh, the White House. Uh, really interesting. And a book on um, Trump too he has a perspective on trump because he knew him uh years ago a couple decades ago from his time and uh, down in florida okay we'll take a break we'll be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report we will be back in a moment Welcome back. Welcome back, Ed Martin. Here on the Pro America Report. Time to check in with our old friend Andrew Krappuschets. He is the uh, founder and the CEO uh, of an organization. I got to tell you, I was um, uh, I was uh, telling someone about this, Andrew, the other day, and I, and they had not heard it was. And I'll tell you the story. I might I might well. I tell you the whole story. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, and and they said they hadn't heard about it. And when I described it, it was they they got more and more excited. Uh, and that is, um, they were like, what, "What do you mean that?" exists and i said yeah it exists It's succeeding it's all over the place and so uh, red balloon is what it's called you can go to bread balloon dot i get it right work let uh, Red balloon dot work uh, andrew kravishets is a founder and the ceo how are you sir
4: i'm doing really well nice to talk to you Ed.
2: nice to talk to you when you watch the um uh twitter stories come out you know that the premise of red balloon um as i've heard you talk about it was that you wanted to give a place where people could actually do their work. It could be uh, and not worry about the wokeness. When you look at Twitter and you realize that it was like there were a lot of employees, a lot of them gone now, but a lot of employees and it was everywhere. This sort of wokeness it is hard to picture how you could survive if you weren't sort of really woke there. And now what I, my question to you, though, Andrew, is, is that what people are going through in a lot of places and we didn't know it?
4: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. It, the, the Twitter sphere um, was actually not alone. Um, Even though we see these stories, you know, I saw a video of Elon Musk who found a closet full of hashtag stay woke t-shirts at Twitter. And he's like, look, this is what I'm dealing with here. And he really just needed to kind of clean house in that organization because um, it was this toxic work environment. But when I was, um, I owned a company once that, uh, that LinkedIn was looking to buy. And when I was there, they said, you know, it's great being in a social media place. Even LinkedIn, who we think of as a little bit more neutral, they said, look, LinkedIn is an opportunity for you to really push your worldview. Um, And I was like, wow, uh, I thought we were just a social network for professionals. Uh, But they (laughs) see these tools as opportunities to push on things. And I think, you know, uh, the stories we're hearing out of these companies where uh, people are being told take down that American flag off your background because it's triggering to employees because it is a Signal of white supremacy. Um, or this new thing that they're trying to say is that if you misgender someone, yeah. it is actually sexual harassment and it is a federal crime, and you can get fired over not using the made up weaponized pronoun that some coworker came up with.
2: Well, and and the guy that the guy that Yoel Roth is that his name? Who was the Twitter head of security and censoring? He he actually did an interview. Forget about what he said and written. He did an interview in the last few days where he said out loud that the, that a satire site was misgendering satire, misgendering, yes. and therefore it was. Tr- I think he used the word triggering. This was, was a top guy at a, at a big time multi you know b- billion. I don't know how many a huge company, and right. he says. That, It was I I couldn't believe it. I mean, and my point there is, Andrew, sometimes you're like, oh, they were really doing that. We thought they were doing it. It sounded like they were doing it. We were doing it. And then I say, oh, are they doing it everywhere?
4: yeah no they really are doing it everywhere yeah he came out and basically said people like babylon b were dangerous yeah to america it was dangerous to america to make a joke about something that is one of the taboo things that they've decided that you're not allowed to touch um and absolutely i mean i'm hearing stories from microsoft and deloitte and google and just everywhere i I talked to an employee recently he said the ceo got up and pointed at every employee in the room and said you are all racist it's just a scale of one to ten how racist you are but you're all racist. And when you're told that, do you, Ed, do you think it's demoralizing at work to be told you're a racist, no matter what you have done, what you think, who you are. Um, And and this guy was telling me, he's like, I have got to get out of this company. I've got to find a a place where I can be free because if I can be free at work, then I think I'm going to have a much better chance of being free in my decisions at the polls, um, in my family, at my church, in my community, because a vocation is a really important part of who someone is. And when you tear people down at work when you yeah, um, exactly. tell them they're not allowed to live their values out loud it's going to impact every other aspect of their life
2: well again we're talking with Andrew so he's the, he's the founder and the CEO of a red balloon and you go to red balloon work and you look at the front page here find workplace freedom free speech no mandate jobs posted daily America's employers want you it's it's really interesting but Andrew um that's uh, – it, it, it's – what's happening is so f- strange and fast um, is what's – you know, the speed of it all. Now, I want you to remind me because every time I have you on and I look at this website, I, I, I ask this question, but I think people want to know it. If you're at a business or you're a CEO and you're caught in a trap where you have to look woke, you can be on Red Balloon looking for workers. You have a way that they can be uh, anonymous, right, that you can come in there and if you need to, you can be looking – you know, for you could be
4: ultimately have to reveal yourself to the worker, obviously, but but you, right. you have that happen all the time, right? Absolutely. So, well, we've probably got a couple dozen businesses that do what we call anonymous balloon, where they realize that, you know what, we're going to be doxxed by our customers, by our vendors, by right. any of these people, even though we just simply want to hire people who are hardworking conservatives. Because I had one employer uh, reach out to me and say, you know what, um, Andrew, every time I hire someone off redballoon.work, it is cleansing to our culture because they're just a hardworking conservative conservative who wants to bring a lot of value. And so, Ed, one of the things we're starting to do, and this is new since I think the last time I talked to you, is we had businesses come to us and say, look, the interview process is terrifying. It really is terrifying because you don't know what's going to get you a lawsuit, but you don't want to get the wrong person inside your four walls because you know a bad hire will really wreck your culture. And so what work now will do is if you come to us, we will write your job postings for you. We'll put them in front of the largest database of Patriot job seekers, but then we'll actually, do the first cultural interview for you. Uh, we have some great lawyers on staff. We will understand your company culture. We'll have a pre-call with you. And then we'll actually use it as a filter to make sure that you have the right people that come into your company. And so we can take a lot of the stress out of that hiring process because I will tell you, hiring a bad worker, a woke worker, who's trying to bring their political activism to your office will wreck your business. And if we can come alongside people and help with that, um, it is just a joy and a pleasure to be able to do that
2: it's uh i think i do this and i know you're a good salesman you're a businessman but i've asked you and you kind of you've had the you've answered it in a way that i think is honest which is what i appreciate but business for you is good right meaning people are searching for this product i know you started this because you you'd run other businesses and you, but i mean it's working right and and people are energized to come to redballoon.work and look and and put these
4: together right Absolutely. No, and it's, it's so fun to get these thank you notes from people who are like, man, you changed the trajectory of my family because I now work for someone who is not trying to tear me down all day, doesn't hate my worldview, but actually just wants to support me. And these notes are like, I had no idea what an impact it had on every other aspect of my life when my freedoms are taken away in the workplace. And Ed, here's the thing. Um, if you look at um, higher education or you look at the media, the left has been pretty entrenched there for a long time, but the work place is kind of their most recent conquest, which means they're not as entrenched there as they are in other places. And there's a lot of capitalists still in the workplace and running businesses today. And so, if we can come along those businesses that really are striving to have a great culture that is serving their customers, is joyful, um, we are the place where they can find great workers. We'll help them with their process. And yes, business has been phenomenal. It's been so good to come alongside big business little businesses who say, you know what? I want a great culture. I want great employees. And if I can have that, I can live the American dream, even in the midst of a very woke America that we're in right now
2: it's um well and i think uh andrew again uh what's the next you know um uh, 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 the uh am i gonna even get it right what was the, the it's called the um the movement to have these uh I- I- diversity and uh and environment and uh green oh
4: emerging. the es the esg, ESG craziness e-
2: yeah esg it seems to be sort of imploding people are like yeah okay but if you make me do that and i lose money in my fund, BlackRock, you guys are really dumb and, and it doesn't make sense right so there's something going on there but can, do you have any sense that some of the wokeness, it, it, the trend is going the other way? I, I was with somebody yesterday, a very pretty savvy conservative, and he, he disagreed around a table, a few of us, and said, you know, I, I don't think, I think it's still on the march. You, you see these instances of people, you know, w- winning back, but it's on the march. What do you, do you feel like we're, I don't know, that the, that the, the winds are changing a bit, or is it sort of, you know, get to where you can be, uh, take care of yourself?
4: Yeah, I'm going to give you a mixed answer on this. I think it's it's bifurcating. It's not, uh, I'd say the right is marching farther right and the left is marching farther left. And honestly, we don't want to divide America, but I think that's the world that we're in right now. And we're seeing that with population shifts where you see people in this great sort moving down to red states, um, over, over to red states like Idaho, where I live. Um, and then people actually moving to blue states when they want the politics to align more with what their worldview is. And we're seeing this with companies as well. And so I think what's happening is you're having conservative businesses being like, you know what? I am tired of this. I'm going to go to a red work I'm going to get the best talent that really brings joy to the workplace. And then you have people who are really leaning into um, this woke ideology. I heard about a company recently that basically said, look, sexual harassment includes if you misgender someone on purpose. And if you do, we're going to fire you for that. So they've weaponized these pronouns. And this is the This is a new thing at that company. So they're just introducing this new policy at an organization. So I would say it really is a mixed bag where you've got the left companies are going farther left and the right's going farther right. Um, And I think that's unfortunately kind of the tale of our country right now and the tale of two cities. Um, Now, the red states are winning, as we know, with great job numbers, with great economy numbers. And I would say the conservative businesses, the red businesses are winning as well because when you don't have office politics, When you just have a great company culture where you're serving your customers, living the American dream. Um, You're going to win in the marketplace. You're going to win in the long run. So it's been fun to serve those businesses. But yeah, I'd say it's a mixed bag right now.
2: All right, I know you're busy and you've got to go. Andrew Krapichetz is the CEO and the founder of balloon. dot work. If you go there, you'll see, find workplace freedom, free speech, no mandate jobs posted daily. America's employers want you. Uh, Lots of testimonials and lots there. Uh, Check it out. Uh, Thank you, Andrew. As always, I appreciate it and appreciate you guys, especially taking the time out in the fray talking about it. Uh, You know, you 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 get some blowback yourself. I know. And uh, so we appreciate your courage in that. And we'll talk again very soon.
4: Thanks so much, Ed. Have a great day.
2: You too. Andrew shuts everybody, and I will put over on social media uh, links to um, uh, the, uh, what he said. We've had him on before. He's got great uh, insight on this whole thing and sort of an upbeat conservative voice or upbeat uh, um, uh, mindset on how to fight back and what to do and to do things as opposed to just feeling bad or, or thinking bad and worrying um, get you going. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment.
5: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
2: I'm always amazed by how rapid the downward spiral has been for the Democrat Party. In 2008, candidate Barack Obama won the presidency promising not to support homosexual marriage. In 2015, he ordered rainbow lights to be projected onto the White House to show his support for the very opposite. Likewise, then-Senator Joe Biden supported securing the southern border in 2006, but will do no such thing as president now. However, perhaps the biggest about-face of the Democrat Party came between 2016 and 2020, a span of only four years, during which time they went from claiming that the presidential election was stolen to claiming that anyone who questions the validity of an election is a traitor who should be castigated from society. To give a little reality check, let's consider the case of Guillermina Fuentes. Fuentes is a 66-year-old school board member who formerly served as the mayor of San Luis, Arizona. She sounds like a model citizen, doesn't she? Yet this self-same geriatric public servant was sentenced to 30 days in jail for the felony of ballot harvesting, in addition to receiving two years of probation. Although Fuentes had hoped to avoid jail time, the judge said that he doubted she had taken full responsibility for her crime. You can choose to ignore the anecdotal evidence and even the statistical evidence if you really want to, but can you ignore the guilt of Ms. Fuentes? the stakes are too high in our elections to ignore the threat of interference. If the sanctity of the vote really is as precious as politicians on both sides of the aisle claim, then we should all agree that everyone who intentionally violates the integrity of our voting system at any level should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. This isn't a left or right issue. This isn't the elephant versus the donkey. We're talking about the foundation of what it means to be an American in this nation. Every citizen's voice should be heard. If we truly believe this, it's time that we start acting like it.
5: From Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin. Election fraud has the power to destroy the America we know and love. Never again can we allow an election to be stolen. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find reasonable, workable strategies for assuring the integrity of every future election. Visit phyllisschlafly.com today. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height sitting into the booth yet again for Mr. Ed Martin. He is out on an errand. Uh, he's running around. I'm running around. I know that all of you are running around as we uh, fill in these uh, final days here before Christmas. So um, as we close out today's show, I, I just wanted to k- kind of give a reminder. As In light of Ed's uh, What You Need to Know, kicking off this uh, program for us, talking about uh, really just the o- almost- insanity (laughs) that's going on in Congress right now. We're dumping all of the information possible, whether it's the so-called January 6th Select Committee uh, throwing things over to the Department of Justice, shielding it from a new GOP majority coming in, Uh, whether it's the uh, uh, committees that are releasing Trump's tax returns, whatever it is, feeding into this giant, really nothing burger of, of, of a narrative, but trying to spin up something and manufacture something. I recognize that we're coming into a, You know, stereotypical weekend here. We gather around the table with family, extended family and friends, and there's political discussions to be had. That uh, age-old joke, uh, you know, be good. Be good. Be nice. You know, those of us who are political, we don't need to start something. But let me encourage you to do something. Here's what I would say we need to do. And I've just got about a minute left here to wrap up this show uh, for Ed and and with a couple of great guests that we've heard. But let me tell you this. Here's what we need to do. Uh, Take the opportunity to join me Uh, This year, as we have uh, time with family and friends that we may not be around all that often, with family and friends that we may not agree with all that much, do what the left is not doing, (laughs) what the media, what the narrative machine are not doing, which is slowing down, taking time, considering the facts, going and looking for evidence, applying some thought and logic. Get back to basics. That's what we need to do. Because as people are worked up into this frenzy over whatever it is they're supposed to think or feel, whatever the news, the narrative machine is telling them that day is the thing. Let us be the voices of reason who say, now, hold on. Let's talk about the issue behind that. Let's get people back to the issues that underlie all these things, all these issues we're facing in politics, in culture, in the news. Uh, get back to the why behind it all. And I tell you what, a good place to do that, you probably won't get it in time for Christmas, but go to com, hit that store button. You'll find all the books of Phyllis Schlafly, gets all into these issues. A great set of resources there. Buy one for you, buy something for your family and friends, even if you're giving it as a New Year's gift. I promise you will find something there for all of the people in need on your list. So, uh, again, head over to proamericareport.com. You'll find all of our past uh, podcasts, all the past standalones, and guests from these uh, great interviews. And also, uh, com. Go to the store there. Thanks again to Noah, our wonderful technical director, without whom this show wouldn't go. And thank you to Ed for being such a wonderful host and for letting me come and invade this space every once in a while. Uh, we appreciate you all so much. We will talk to you tomorrow on the Pro America Report.